Hello friends, and welcome to Dashing Agents, the podcast, episode 8. I'm your friendly neighborhood movie maker, Reese, here to share with you another delightful, insightful, and most certainly not frightful conversation with the oh-so-wonderful Ballant Oltvi. That was kind of silly, I guess. Good morning, everybody, or uh, maybe it's not the morning when you're listening to this, but it's the morning here. Mr. Finch woke Mikey and I up at around... I don't know, it must have been like 5 o'clock in the morning. He threw up at the top of our stairs. Um, I was in a deep sleep, mid-dream, and I was abruptly awoken to the sound of my gagging dog. Any of you pet owners out there will most definitely understand the feeling. It's kind of hilarious how (laughs) a single sound can make you jump out of bed so quickly. But it was all good. He seems to be okay. He's doing better now. He's playing with his toys, chilling out right under my feet. So, yeah, I don't know. This is unscripted, as you can probably tell. Um, it's been a really weird week for me, and <laughs> I've been thinking about a lot of things, many of which have nothing to do with the podcast you're about to hear. But I've been thinking a lot about why we do things, which sounds kind of dumb, but um, I've been thinking more critically about my decisions and the decisions that I've made in the past and have come to some interesting revelations about myself. In my conversation with Ballant, we touched briefly on why I dropped out of film school, which is something I decided to cut out of this episode because I feel like I've told that story a dozen times in the eight episodes of this podcast. But why did I drop out of film school? Was it because I felt like it wasn't the right place for me or that I could, you know, learn all those things on my own? Or was it because I was not ready to face my insecurities at such a young age. I don't know. If you had asked me a year ago why I started this podcast, I probably would have said that it was for the the sole reason of promoting my work, my movies, or, you know, God forbid, my brand, right? Like it's a, it was a content marketing thing. It was the same reason why I started writing a blog or made an Instagram page. But It's not the reason why I've continued to do the podcast, which is something that I have recently discovered. Um, In this episode, Ballant talks about the best thing that he got out of film school were his peers, the community that he made, his collaborators, people that he's still working with today. Uh, And I didn't really get that. You know, I... I made some friends, but everyone <laughs> everyone moved away anyway, so even if I had finished out my, my four years at film school, I don't think that I would have had those collaborators necessarily, unless I had moved to Los Angeles with them, which I wasn't going to do. Um, but having these conversations with my filmmaking buddies and, and actually getting to learn about what interests them as far as the craft goes or, you know, how they actually think about movies 
has been really interesting, and I feel like I'm developing those those relationships now, uh, mostly over Skype. And of course, I've worked with all of these people that I've talked to in some capacity or another, but you don't you don't really get deep into those conversations uh, when you're on set. You're usually just there for a single purpose, and you get it done or you don't. But yeah, I don't know. It's it's nice to to hear how other people go about doing this movie making thing and how it affects other people differently and why they do it. That's another thing. Like why why is why is the only thing that I genuinely enjoy doing making movies? I don't know. I ask myself that a lot. My life would be so much easier if I enjoyed working the 9 to 5 desk job or if I enjoyed going to college and getting a real degree and you know becoming a professional a lot of things could be different if I wasn't the way that I am but I am so I think it's important to reflect on that and come to terms with it and just try to do your best to live your life intentionally and not just kind of let things come to you, but actually seek things out. Like, I don't know. Like, why do, I, why do I do so many? Why do I have a podcast? Why do I make a vlog? Why do I make a web series? Why? I, obviously, it's all to reach a greater goal. But it's hard to see that goal all the time. It's so far away, you know? And... You just got to keep keep pushing through, I guess. Keep reminding yourself why you're doing things. Because, I don't know why because. I don't have a because. But I guess what I've learned is that your why can change from time to time. Um, and that's totally okay. You just got to stay on top of it. You can't keep doing something that you started just because you started it. You have to have a reason. You just got to listen to yourself. You dig? And I've made mistakes, and I'll continue to make mistakes. But it's easy enough to correct them if you're honest with yourself. Maybe it was a mistake for me to drop out of film school. Maybe it was a mistake for me to go to film school in the first place. I don't know. But I've had to. i had to face the truth that I, I missed something by leaving. I missed uh, an opportunity to learn more about myself. I missed an opportunity to learn more about movies. And... I can do those things on my own, but I've got to work a lot harder for it, just like I have to work a lot harder to build a community of collaborators. I didn't take classes with these people. You know, I have to, I've had to seek them out and foster those relationships slowly and carefully and be precise with the people that I spend my time with. And fuck it, I just want this goddamn pandemic to be over. I'm not saying that it should be over or that it is over by any means, but I feel like I'm in a place now where I'm less insecure about myself and I I want to make more friends, you know, and I I do consider myself to be friends with the people I've had on this podcast. Um, And I think that having these conversations with them has actually brought us closer together. I think I'm better friends with all of these people, Balan included, even though we only talked like two weeks ago and haven't really talked since. 
but it's good to to learn more about about people I guess you know I'm rambling I'm sorry this is already a long episode um but so we'll just get into it but Ballant is a director cinematographer photographer also a Point Park alum as usual we talked a lot about developing close relationships with your collaborators um working with actors is a really big one that he really helped me see some of my flaws in that so that's worth listening to that comes out towards the end of the episode and also just being creative on the fly you know it's good to be prepared and to have a plan but sometimes you just gotta wing it i just want to thank all of y'all for taking the time to listen to this and for watching my vlog or for liking my posts on Instagram, or for supporting me on Patreon. Y'all are the best. You're the reason why I keep doing what I'm doing. I mean, not really. I would probably keep doing it if no one listened or watched, but it makes it a lot easier that I have you there to support me. So thank you so much. My hope is that while I'm learning from the people I'm conversing with, that Maybe you are too, and I know that not all of you are filmmakers, but I think there's stuff to be learned here in, there's stuff that you can take away and apply to many different aspects of your life, not just filmmaking, although we do focus on filmmaking on this podcast. But if not, hopefully you're having fun listening to me ramble. Okay, I'm going to go eat some breakfast. Please subscribe. I don't give us five stars or something. I don't know how it works. All right, here's balance. Sure. I can't see your video, by the way. I don't know. if. Uh, that's super weird. Can you see it now? Yeah, I can see you now. Okay, excellent. Yeah, man. Well, uh, I don't know. Let's let's get into it from let's start from the beginning. Tell, tell me a little bit about yourself, Balance. I know we've we've done a few projects together and hung out a little bit, but I really don't know much about you. Um. Well, where do I start? I don't know. Um, I've been living in Pittsburgh for, I don't know, 10 plus years now, originally from Chicago. I went to Point Park for cinema, and then ever since I graduated, and even while I was at Point Park, you know, I've been freelancing, mainly doing music videos, short films, commercials here and there, but then this past year, year and a half, I've really got into uh, like the Pittsburgh film industry, working as a production assistant on like you know, TV shows and movies. And it really, I was really busy, like starting after this, uh, working on this movie called, uh, American pickle with Seth Rogen. Oh yeah. Um, and since then, you know, TV shows like Mindhunter, Manhunt, uh, do you work on gone or sweet girl? Any of this? Uh, sweet girl. Yeah. I worked on sweet girl second unit and I did a couple first unit days on that as well. But you were mostly being a, you were mostly a PA. Yeah. Just like an additional, uh, yeah. doing lockups and stuff. And then recently this past, uh, actually in 2020, um, January, February, we, I worked on this movie called happy season. Um, that was like my first staff job. Uh, it was, yeah, I mean, that was my first staff job and I was like, a, I was a first team PA. So I was responsible for all the actors and like logistics that come into play with that. And, you know, you still have to do lockups and stuff too, but uh, it was just a really good experience to, uh, yeah, just get to know, like, get to know everyone in the industry who's working 
especially yeah. maybe apartment, get to know them a little bit better and also just know how it works being a full time, you know, how exhaust and it's exhausting, but at the same time you learn so much being there every single day, the ins and outs, everything. So, I mean, I guess, you know, I've been just working on that, trying to get more involved with that. Um, I really miss it. I mean, ever since this whole COVID thing, I mean, it was kind of, uh, you know, things were kind of, I guess, looking up in a way, like I was, yeah. I was supposed to be on, uh, it's like Jeff Daniels TV show. Oh, right. Yeah. I remember that. I forget what it was called. Rust. Rust. Right. And, um, every, I mean, you know, ever since this COVID thing, they like pushed it back and now it's like, when's it going to happen? Maybe it was, maybe it's supposed to be like end of July, early August, earliest. I don't really know the future of that whole project, but it was, you know, it was like going to be from like one show to the next. And I was pretty excited to have some consistent work there. But in the meantime, it's been really good to just get back to like the basics, get back to the roots of what inspired me to become a filmmaker. I mean, I wasn't really, I mean, I always liked movies, but I didn't really, yeah, I I always liked cameras. I always liked making uh, music videos for my friends. And then it kind of just like, I kind of just fell into, uh, into making shorts and then I was like maybe film school. Yeah. So when was that? When did you, when did you start like making things? When did you start making those music videos or decide that that was something you actively wanted to do? I I had a rapper friend in middle school and then in eighth grade, we like did a couple, I, I got, I, I was really close friends with this person. I mean, I still am friends with him, but I was very close with this, uh, with this, uh, he was a great below me. His name was Enzo, and he had a very nice camera. Um, he had the 5D Mark III at the time when it like first came out, and it was like, oh wow, just like yeah, you know, the bee's knees or whatever. Yeah, that was big time, big time. And uh, you know, we would always like kind of tag team these music videos. Um, you know, we I mean, we were like a two man crew. We did everything from lighting it to directing it, to shooting it, you know, editing it the whole thing and uh we really got into that like seventh or eighth grade um and it was just a good learning experience you know it was like it was like our own little film school before film school um and then you know with that like short films we always messed around we made like a couple war films that we shot in like frick park with airsoft guns and all this stuff and uh that was always a blast yeah that's awesome yeah so i don't know it kind of just developed over time like it was just like a i mean it was more of like a natural, uh, naturally occurring thing uh, for us. It wasn't like, it wasn't like I saw a movie and I was like, I want to be, you know, I want to be Christopher Nolan. I mean, maybe that happened a little bit later, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that was definitely a big one for me. At the time, it was not like it was not like aspiring to be anyone. It was just aspiring to like capture something, play it back, cut it together. You know, and be like, wow, that's pretty cool. And then my friend had a pro, my friend Vince uh, from high school, he also was writing this, uh, this TV pilot. Um, and it was like for, it was for some type of class or I don't know, a separate thing. Anyway, but we had to show it in class and we shot it. We actually went up to my friend's cabin in Cook's Forest, which I go to regularly. And we went up there. Uh, we, I mean, we did the whole thing. We were like location scouting. We, uh, we had to build like a, a stand, like a makeshift tree stand to get this like high angle shot that I wanted. 
So we had to like build that. Um, and we went out there and shot it in like the dead of winter. It was like negative 10 degrees out. I swear to God, it was so cold. We shot it over three days with our actor friends who were in like all these, who, who were in theater. They were in all these musicals and um, musical theater. And it was really fun. It was just like, uh, it was a nice little, nice little, I think it was like five or 10 minutes long. And uh, we showed in class and everyone, you know, so like by the end of high school, people were like, oh, Ballant, you're going to become some famous filmmaker or like, <laughs> rap, whatever. And I was just like, I was like, okay. But, um, but yeah, that- so I get, but, but then like the natural progression from high school to Point Park, I mean, it was just like, I mean, I didn't really, I mean, it's kind of crazy to think. I look back at it, like, I didn't really, uh, like, there was no decision-making process. I wasn't like, oh, do I want to do engineering? Do I want to, you know, is it engineering or film school or, I don't know. Well, my whole thing. Sociology or film school. You know, like, it wasn't like, there was no, like, uh, you know, I wasn't comparing, I mean, maybe I should, but I was, maybe I should have back then, but. I wasn't comparing like average salaries, you know, thinking that far ahead. It was just like, this is something that I know I'm, I'm, I have talent in. It wasn't until later, like later in high school or early college where I was really like, um, trying to, trying to enhance my directing skills. Like I, I went into college actually, I went to Point Park more cinematography oriented which I like, you know, so that's like kind of my roots are in like cinematography. Like I think I, I think I have like a good eye. Um, I really enjoy movies, uh, you know, that are, that are shot by like very good cinematographers. Um, but it wasn't until like, honestly, like some of the international cinema classes um, that I was like, wow, these, you know, these directors, how they crafted story, how they changed the structure of, of films, um, you know, the performances and everything like that really struck me in a way that I was like, wow, I want to make, I want to like, you know, make something pretty or whatever, captivating, but at the same time, something that's emotional and has, 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 a, has like a message to tell the audience. Yeah, definitely. I, I, that's something that, I think my biggest regret for dropping out of film school is that I missed out on those international film classes because, you know, I've always been pretty aware of American cinema and how that all developed and grew. And those are like the classes we had my first year of film school was all American cinema, but I dropped out before I could really learn about foreign cinema. And, uh, that's something that's been challenging just to educate myself on. And I've, been getting more and more into it but i do wish that i had somebody to forcefully expose me to some of those movies that i otherwise wouldn't have found i look back at film school and i i think like the most important uh part of the whole experience was actually was was the connections that definitely I made at film school and i, don't, I think altogether we like were on like at least a hundred films like over the course of four years we were just like Every almost every weekend and during the week as well, we were just like filming left and right projects here and there, lighting this, you know, shooting that, writing. I don't know. It was just like it was a crazy, intense experience. Um, and we, you know, obviously we really bonded with with 
each other. And a lot of those people, uh, I mean, most of those, I mean, almost everyone I've worked, I work with to this day on like freelancing and, you know, they're like my go-to collaborators um, just because of like the chemistry that you built. But it's also, you know, it's more than that. It was just like, you know, the ideas, the films that you've watched together in class, the discussions afterwards, it, it would be a much different experience if you didn't have those connections, those, those, those friendships that you develop in film school um, to, to, to really like dive into what it is to be a filmmaker, what, what, what film is like the impact that film has um, on people. Cause you know, you, there's only, I feel like everyone has like a limited capacity, like by themselves and like how they think they have it. They have one perspective. They have one view of reality and like another person's view of reality is very different from someone else's so like when you when you have those discussions or even when you're like on set and you're uh you know contemplating what the next shot should be to like capture this emotion and stuff i think that's a really important process um you know before you dive into like your the rest of your career and hopefully a long long and uh uh prosperous career but like that's what film school to me really you know i i i wouldn't be like you know, the filmmaker that I am today, if it wasn't for, um, the people who, uh, were alongside me during the whole, during the whole experience. Since moving to Pittsburgh and, and, um, you know, becoming friends with you guys, it's like, and hearing about how y'all went about your time at Point Park, seems like it probably would have been a better fit for me, but you know, whatever. I didn't even know Point Park was a thing at the time. Yeah, I definitely, I mean, I think, but, I don't know. I, you, we've all been involved recently. I mean, with cobblestone, like we, we did that half bath. We did that to get like, you know, I helped out on that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know Dan shot that and he did a great job, but it was, you know, so I, I'm also glad that like you were, I mean, I'm glad you came back because those projects, you know, you learn on every single project. And I think those projects were very, um, you know, they, they, they were a good experience. I think with like the minimum, amount of uh things that we had at our disposal or at at your disposal and it showed like how your your writing and your casting choices kind of you know can elevate um a production that might not be might not have like a crazy budget or whatever yeah yeah well that's and and it's hilarious i mean i I, i'm actually (laughs) i'm an avid fan of uh cobblestone i mean i love eric i love you and eric you and eric's chemistry is just like it's just so funny. I mean, I know you guys, I know you guys as friends, you know, like I know you guys as, I know you guys more than just, you know, if someone were to stumble upon cobblestone on the, on YouTube, they might sure. think it's a little, you know, ridiculous. I mean, I get joy, you know, enjoyment <laughs> of seeing yeah, you guys that. mess around and, and come up with these creative concepts. And I, I don't know. I just, I, I love cobblestone. And, um, I mean, half bath was very enjoyable to watch. Um, yeah, so I Thanks, man. It was a good it was a good thing. Yeah, no problem. It was a good <laughs> thing that uh that you guys that you got in touch with. I mean, how did you meet Eric actually? I don't I don't know how. Yeah, well, oh good. He's going to love He always every podcast cuz he's only been on this podcast once, but we somehow we talk about Eric every single time. But he's going to love this. So, I was I moved to moved to Pittsburgh in 2015, I guess. Like the fall of 2015. And I was trying to make a short film. Like I was like, I got to get into this indie film community somehow. 
So I wrote this terrible little script and I started casting it and I met him through that. He like found my casting call somewhere and sent me an email with his, his very professional lawyer headshot. And I was like, okay, perfect. You're the guy. And so I went and met him at crazy mocha and shady side. And he was talking to me about it. We were like talking about the script and he, he told me like straight up, he was like, yeah, I just, I don't really get the script. I don't really, I don't know if I like, I don't know if it's the right one for me. And I was like, okay, I, I get that. Um, it's, you know, it's not a good script, but I was like, okay, yeah, I understand. But, um, I think it'll be fine. I think you're the perfect person for it. I'd love for you to just come hang out. It'll be one night, you know, we'll just do it. He had never done a short film before or anything like that. And so he did it and we had a lot of fun and the movie did not turn out well, but that was like, we just had a ton of fun shooting it. And that's kind of how we built that relationship. And at the time he was, I guess he was still living in Washington, but his girlfriend was in Shadyside and I was living in McKeesport. So for like probably a year and a half, we would just drive to, I would drive to like the waterfront. I think that was like our meeting point. And we would go to either the Starbucks or like the Barnes and Noble or whatever, and just like talk about movies and ideas and stuff for hours. And so we became friends that way. And then when I wanted to make Half Bath, um, I wrote that character for him and he, he had at that point been working on all of the Point Park productions and and uh, he did that. He did that film with you and Katie Sieta. Um, yeah, that was our first movie. Yeah, yeah, I I remember that because Katie Katie was in that that first short film that I made. Also, she was like oh, one, okay. of the, yeah. one of the leads. But um, but yeah, and so he knew all you guys, and I was like, I don't know, I need I need help to make this movie. And so he he introduced me to Kushner, and uh, and that was pretty much it. And then through Kushner is kind of how I met all you guys. But. Um, but yeah, so you've worked with Kushner a bunch now, right? He was kind of like Oh yeah. I mean he was uh I mean he shot everything of mine from almost everything of mine. And then when P three came around, you know, we had to like pick our pick our uh DPs and producers and editors and all this stuff. And um Dan was my DP and then for Will, Will directed Happy Hour, Ralph shot that, Anthony wrote that. And then we were our, that was like the, that was like the, 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 you know, we were there, we were their crew and they were our crew. Like we were, um, you know, their supporting crew and we, and gotcha. Yeah. So we, we worked together on happy hour and doll face. So all of us like intermingled there. Um, Dollface was your P three. Yeah, uh, let's not talk about it. <laughs> you, you don't. You don't want to talk about Dollface. Yeah, it was. Uh, no, no, we can talk. <laughs> it was just. Uh, it's always. I don't know. It's okay. All right, now I got to dig into this. Why, why are you upset about Dollface? Because I thought it was great. No, it was just. It was just a really challenging. Um, it was just a really challenging film. It was like a higher concept script. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like scientists and this, and this uh you know he makes like these pleasure robots or whatever robots and uh it like turns his girlfriend into one and all this stuff it was just very uh i mean i i enjoyed it um i enjoyed the challenge like looking back i think you know there's a period of time where i i kind of struggled with the end result i kind of struggled with um i don't know i kind of like left a bad taste in my mouth um but like I looking back, like I've learned, I've learned that like that, that movie 
kind of like uh, created like a men- like like boundaries within my mind of like what what is possible under certain conditions, you know. And beforehand, it's always, I was always like very naive to what I could accomplish uh, with very little. Like I always like and like most of those projects kind of either like were never released or kind of like were never uh, finished really. Right. Um, and like Dollface having, having to like do that for school and having to have completed for a grade and you, know, you have to, you have to pass the class or whatever. Um, you know, it was very intense because we had to, we, I mean, we had like, I don't know, we had like eight different locations, 11 scenes, um, you know, it was supposed to be like in the future. So like the production design, um, the cinematography, the sound design all had to be, oh, it was all, it was sci-fi. It was all, it was all something that I've never really done before. Um, so like the research that went into that and also just like executing it, um, which, and, and you know, I, I look back at it and I'm like, damn, we actually did a pretty damn good job. Definitely. Yeah. Like, I mean, Kelly Brennan, the production designer, she killed it with everything. I mean, just, it looks like a future. I mean, we turned like the point park, we turned like the point park studio and then also the old Westinghouse facility in, uh, Churchill into this like sci-fi thing. I mean, she just killed it in every single, like from the, from the tiniest set pieces, like, like the furniture, it was all, and to like, I don't know, it, it was just. To, to the costumes it was just it was a great like i think it looked really good it really like the whole sci-fi really came across i mean dan lit it so well we had these like led strips that we bought i remember testing those and we like lined the hallway with them you know we like underlit desks and all this stuff um it so i mean and then, then you know brian did the sound and he did some cool things with that uh, some cool like reverb sound effects to make it look all you know to sound all sci-fi or whatever like yeah. echoey or whatever but it was it was like um it was very good um just a really good experience overall i mean you know working with editor with uh vanessa she edited she was great um the team was very you know i think the the team bonded over i mean it was it was tough like there were like tough days i mean there were like days where we were like you know, ready to like rip each other's head off. Uh, <laughs> not like, not like we weren't like yelling at each other or whatever, but there were days where it was very tense. Cause we had like a really tight schedule. Um, we had these like big, big concepts we had to execute and stuff. So it was just like really, it was really challenging in that regard, but it, I feel like it kind of like bonded us. And, yeah. um, and literally since that, like that was like a, it bonded us together and brought us, uh, brought us closer together as a team. And then since then, really, like, whenever Dan was still living here, like, you know, we shot music videos. I mean, we shot music videos in the past, but we shot music videos, short films and all that stuff, like, you know, before and at, but after Dollface, it was really like, you know, we really knew, like, we really had a strong chemistry with one another because we worked really closely visually. And then from that, and then also Kelly as well, her production designing skills, like we, I have, I've always brought her on as many projects as I could. I mean, most projects, unfortunately, don't have a huge production design. Yeah, budget, for right? sure. But like when we're together, when we get to all sit down and all talk, you know, we all talk about like, how's it going to look? Um, I mean, we really, I think that's because of what we went through 
during Dollface. You know, it was like, it was like we really, uh, really, we really tested out our uh, our collaborations together. You know, yeah. Put those relationships to the test, and we came out of it ultimately. I mean, I like to think so. I don't know about them. I'm sure they know. <laughs> had a good experience. I'm sure they look back at it fondly as well, hopefully. But I, I, the way I look at it, I, I look at it like, you know, that was uh, all because of Dolphins. Um, yeah, I think you need those projects. And that was very similar to my experience on Half Bath. And then Half Bath was not really an ambitious project. I mean, it was very simple. And I, I tried to write it for the things that I knew I had access to. But just the amount of like pages that we were shooting in a really short amount of time with, you know, sometimes a kind of a big cast. It was that was challenging. And <laughs> Dan and I butted heads a lot on that shoot and not not so much um, creatively, but it was a lot of just like, you know, being in and it was really just me and Dan. Like we, I did the sound most of the time on that. We had a like maybe. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. There were maybe like three days where we had somebody to do the sound that wasn't me, but usually I was doing it. So, you know, and Dan was for the most part, just gaffing and doing everything himself. The The day that you shot was our easiest and most like relaxed day. Um, and not, not because Dan wasn't there, but because we just had a, a small scene to shoot and we had all day to yeah, do right it, the, which was great. Yeah. But every other day was like, we were trying to shoot eight pages or whatever. And it was, it was tough. But did, did you have any of that? Uh, did you have any of those like con, like what kind of conflicts did you have with Dan or with, or with anyone else? If you don't mind sharing those ideas, those stories. Um, I mean, a lot of the times, uh, a lot of times I come up with things or I, you know, I have a certain way I want it to look. Uh, I mean, okay. So I guess it comes down to like, it really comes down to like the shot sometimes. Like it comes down to the shot or like the blocking, um, you know, the thing that I have in my head, the way I picture it, it seems so like perfect right in my head. And then we, when we get there, it's like, um, I try to, you know, obviously I try to bring my vision to life and have to translate on screen. But then sometimes I don't take into consideration like some of the, some of the more, um, you know, technical uh, problems that may arise from that. So like, uh, and also just like for, for, for the cutting. So, I mean, with, with Dan, I mean, we, we usually, um, I mean, we did a lot of prep for like almost everything. Uh, I mean, there, sure. There were some music videos here and there where we like just went in run and gun and did it. Yeah, I try to explain things through making mood boards or like references with movies. Um, and then when we, but like sometimes when we get on set, there's like certain things that like don't make sense, whether it be like uh, the shot, uh, like, you know, an actor going this way or that way. Um, sometimes I have like a strange way of describing things. Like I say, like, I want it, I want it, uh, I want it close up, but wide, right? But like, and like, basically what that means, and actually, that's funny because it happened recently with, uh, I was shooting something with Ralph, this book trailer, just the other day where I did something like that. And I realized like, I uh, I need to be more clear. Like, uh, that's I feel like that's a problem of mine. Sometimes I'm not clear enough. But what I mean by like, something wide but close is like, you know, uh, <laughs> Like a wide angle lens. Yeah. Close up. Like a Coen Brothers close up. Yeah, or like a Lubeski close up. Sure. There you go. 
I feel like miscommunication was the main was is mostly the main problem. Like I don't explain what I'm looking for um, or how it's going to play into something later. You know, I stay more technical, but I think I've I've learned that like it's more it's better to like explain everything. Um, and it's really I mean sometimes it's really hard to explain everything because sometimes you don't even know how to form the sure. words to explain it. Or you, you're not even sure if that's how you want to do it. I don't know. I mean, luckily, the people that I've always worked with, like Dan and Ralph mainly, um, they've, they've always they always take into consideration, like, the edit um, or how they picture the edit or the, how, you know, based off of the script. Um, and they have really, like, a lot of con- constructive feedback, like, even on set or even in pre-production. You know, they're, they're like another brain brainstorming ideas on how to, like, maybe make the story better or vis- you know visually tell it better yeah i love working with kushner because i feel like he is so much more knowledgeable especially as far as cinematography goes for sure um he just knows a lot more about the art of filmmaking like i'm you know i'm very story driven or i just have ideas i think would be fun or whatever but kushner when i the several times i've worked with him he always grounds me and he's like he's like if i have an idea he's like okay well we should do it this way because it'll give off this feel that, you know, will connect more. And I'm like, yeah, duh, why didn't I think of that? Like, I love working with right. him and, and other people who are just, like, better than me. It seems to really oh, yeah. I mean, that's help the, me for that's, sure. That's the most important thing. And, I mean, a lot of the – luckily for – I mean, for us, like, going – you know, having a, having gone to the same classes, having screened the same movies together during film school – you have that a lot communication. Of our, a lot of our, yeah, exactly. A lot of our refer- references are already like are similar, you know. So right. We see, you know, we're like, oh, remember, I don't know, from Rashomon or whatever. You know, all this other, all these other like international films or um, you know American movies or whatever. We we can like quickly reference them and be like, we're trying to do that shot or trying to do do, do this shot from that movie or the light, emulate the light from that movie that we saw. Together. Sure. You know, sometimes I just communicate in like hand gestures or sound <laughs> yeah. or like these words that make no sense like put a little put a put a little uh right there behind him you know and he knows exactly <laughs> and he gets that it he, yeah he, he gets knows it. exactly it's like a you know like a like a three a 300 you know with diff you know <laughs> you know, so it's just like and it's like yeah that's perfect that's exactly, exactly what i was looking for so that's um it was just like it's uh and you know and that's that's a great thing to have with uh with your cinematographer because it's just like it, it just speeds everything up um I, I don't i don't know i don't really i think if there were if i think if there were a lot of cons or like if there were a lot of downsides or even a few downsides to working with either ralph or dan or even any of the any of the dps that i've worked with in the past i wouldn't work with them again so right. <laughs> i don't know it's kind of yeah kind of kind of hard to, to think about i mean it's all been uh you know the re- yeah like you said like I bring on people that I, th- I mean, obviously Ralph and Dan are like way, a- way ahead of me of like way ahead of me, uh, you know, cinematography wise. Like I don't, right. there are certain things I don't even understand anymore. Like when it comes to gear, or like te- yeah. technically putting, putting rigs together. Or I've never really understood the concept of lighting. It like, it just baffles me. I just, I'm like, yeah, let's just put a light up, make it brighter. But like, I don't understand how it all works together, but 
Yeah, I don't know. I I, th- I always feel like whenever I work with any of you guys, any of you Point Park guys, I'm always I always feel like such a dumbass. Like not necessarily in a bad way, but like you know, I just I technically technically I am not adequate. Like I really don't know what I'm talking about. But that's about. the thing you don't need to be because like I mean your your role as like a director writer, I mean you know it's to it's really I mean that's why you have those people who. Or technically exactly. at what they yeah, do yeah. and you can always count on them um oh and that's another thing i've realized that like you know like your vision or whatever i mean i i i, I value i still value like a director's vision like i think i think a director has like should have a vision i've learned to like value your collaborators absolutely much yeah more um much more than like whatever's in your head and making that come to life. So you don't necessarily subscribe to like the auteur theory. Like you're more of uh, trying to collaborate with everyone. Cause like that's uh, how I feel no, about it. I definitely, I've definitely, <laughs> I definitely uh, believe in the auteur theory. Um, it's actually with my, some of my other film, film friends who they've made fun of me for it. For sure. They call me a, uh, they've called me before uh freelance auteur or whatever <laughs> um, with all these music videos and shorts and things that I've done in the past. Cause I guess I've never been able to consider myself an auteur or even, you know, do that whole thing. But, but the real reason why is because I don't think I'm good enough. Like I, I don't, I don't think I have the skill to be able to say like, um, you know, my, my vision for how this should be is the right vision. And I, I'm not saying that's what you think or what anyone thinks, but I've always felt like, like, uh, I've, I've brought these other people on and they're, they're here to exclusively to make the thing better than I could if I were doing it on my own, because I've been making movies exclusively on my own for my entire, you know, adolescence, my entire filmmaking career. It's like, now that I can get people to help, they're there to, to make it bigger, make it better. And I feel like if I were to be like, no, we need to do it this way, it would just be garbage. But that's just like some self insecurities that I have, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it depends on the project. Um, I mean, there are some projects where, you know, people's inputs, the, the collaboration are welcomed more than other projects. Like say, say you've been working on a script for five years uh, or something like that, like a, like a short film, you, you know, right. it's down like every single shot, every single beat is down to, you know, the style of the whole, the whole film, you know, you have it all mapped out. Like, like it's, it just needs to be filmed. And um, I mean, I think it's a conversation you have to have with your DP before bringing them on and be like, I have a distinct way of filming this, this way. Um, I, you know, I obviously want your input and I want your help to make it look uh, the best that it can, but let's really strive to, you know, visually make it this way. And, um, I mean, I think it's like a, you know, I mean, you know, whether you're paying them or not or whatever, but like, you know, it's like a contract that you kind of, yeah, I get that. I mean, that's a, that's a discussion that you have to have during every project, right? Because people, people can get care, you know, just like directors can get carried away with their ideas, so can DPs, so can production designers, so can editors. Like they can, you know, there's this whole, 
uh, collaborative uh, atmosphere, um, but people obviously have different visions for the, how it wants to turn out. Um, so you, I think it's, I mean, I, so I think like the whole auteur theory is like um, coming to uh, coming to a realization that like, you know, your voice as like a director or filmmaker, like a very, you know, you, it's like your, it's like your compass. Um, yes. You're trying to like put, point it in a general direction, make the movie as best as you can. But like, it really comes down to like, okay, but like there's a thousand different ways to shoot a movie. Even if you wrote it, um, pick like the one that you want to do the way you want to sure. do it. And then like, and then have those people come aboard who are willing to help you make it the way you want to. Yeah, no, I, I totally get that. I mean, it is more, I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely like, don't get me wrong. It's like, not an easy thing to ask of anyone. I think it's important to have that contract and be like, Hey, I, you know, I'm hiring you to make this, you know, for you to shoot this and make it look like the way I, I envisioned it. Uh, because I mean, everything fits into that, you know, like, like the scenes, the, the, the way the characters are lit, the, the backdrops, the landscape shots, all, all those others, like, that fits into the mood of the piece that fits into the pacing. It fits into like the, the overall art of the movie. Right. And like, that's what's, that's what the audience is going to see. That's what the audience is going to be captivated by. And it's like, I, I think it's important if that comes from someone who has a vision for it. Um, and then all these other people bring what they can to the table to, to bring that vision to life. Yeah. So like with cobblestone, you know, we're, we're asking like, Every episode of Cobblestone, I'm, you know, getting all of the favors I can from everyone, like yourself included. You've helped shoot for nothing, and, you know, it's it's great. But for, like, that, I'm, I'm very consciously trying to make everyone as happy as possible. So with the actors, for example, I have an idea of how, of how the story progresses and what, what the character needs to do to to get that from point A to point B or whatever. But as far as like the nuance goes or like how they want to play the character, like with, uh, with Swader or with Russell, um, you know, I'm, I'm very open to how they interpret the text that Eric and I have written, but you know, I'm writing this feature screenplay that I want to make maybe next year, I hope. And that one is going to, I feel like I'm going to have to be a lot more, um, you know, a lot more focused on, on what I want more so than what my collaborators want, because it's kind of a bigger project that that's a little more personal to me. And it's less of like a, uh, let's get together and have fun on a weekend and more of like, we're making a movie. Let's make it right. You know? So I do feel like, yeah, definitely the project has a lot to do with it. Um, but I'm kind of worried about having to talk to my actors for this future movie and be a little more uh, specific about what I want. And so I wanted to ask you how you work with your actors, because um, that's definitely my biggest struggle. I have a, I just have a tough time sometimes uh, communicating my vision of what I want them to do in actionable terms so how do you how do you work with actors how does that work out um i mean i think first of all uh i think casting is honestly like one of the most important uh things that you can get right um 
whenever you're going to a project. Um, you know, the, the, the actor's experience, uh, the way they, um, the way they take in information and, uh, the way that your conversations go when it talks, when it comes to like talking about the project, talking about the script, um, to see if they like understand, um, if they understand the vision as a whole, like the scripts, the scripts purpose, the script story, uh, just, if, if they understand it and you feel like they understand it in, you know, in the casting process, I think it's a very good bet that they'll, that they'll do a good job. I mean, like, I don't like to show up on a set, um, not having have had previous conversations with my actors. So I do like a pretty, I mean, not like an intense rehearsal process, I guess I wouldn't like or call it intense, but I, I value. You like to do that work ahead of shooting. Exactly. I like yeah. to, like to value the conversation, uh, value the time that we have to have conversations about the script, about the characters, about their backstories, how they all fit into this, to, to the story. Um, and like what they can use to kind of, um, to, 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 to draw from, um, during, uh, during set during while we're shooting the thing. Um, I think that's very beneficial. So you like do the, all the explaining beforehand, and then when you arrive on set, I mean, you really just like you know, press record. But sometimes you have to experiment. Sometimes you have to, uh, you know, throw them throw throw yourself a curveball by having them think about or uh, do an action uh, based off of you know something that you didn't even didn't even think that you would use to have them react that way or to have them. Uh, act a certain way um you know it's kind of like it's kind of like a director's director's improv i guess i would call it you know it's just like it's like it's like think of you know it might just be completely unrelated to the script or completely unrelated to the story and you have them draw from that like like i i've i've realized like past experiences or like even like personal experiences that actors that's why it's very important to like draw or have a close connection with an actor like a close like almost like a friendship with an actor because if you have conversations about their life, like their real life um, and some actors don't like to do this, but look, most of the people that I have, you know, they can draw comparisons between what's going on in the story, what's going on in their character. And then they're also their real life. I mean, I, a lot of like my films and short films are really grounded in like things that you can kind of uh, things that people have experienced in real life. Um, so I think, you know, whether it be like a traumatic experience or a really happy experience, it's important to have those things, uh, important to have those conversations early on so that you can like kind of re even reference those, um, during, uh, during the shooting uh, process, uh, if things don't click. I mean, I've had, I, I've seen performances where, you know, the first one or two takes are amazing. Right. And then, you get to the third and fourth take and that you can, you've, you've realized that like the actors kind of lost their steam or they've lost their, their, uh, they've lost their performance, like their original performance. Uh, or sometimes it's the other way around. Like you start out with an, uh, the first few takes, you know, the actors really just getting into it and getting into it. Um, it's still getting into it even after the rehearsal process, but you still need to shoot something because you're running out of time. And then you have to kind of, uh, coach them into going into a different direction and then hopefully by like the fifth sixth seventh eighth take they have it but um 
but yeah, so I, I really draw from those conversations, really draw from the conversations that we have about the characters, their relationships to one another, um, you know, the, the subtext of the scene, what the character might be thinking. Using uh, words as direction or in your conversation, I feel like you have to be very specific and not, not be too broad, because if you're too broad, then they can take it in too many directions. I think it's important to be very specific. Um, and honestly, like sometimes, like, I don't know, I feel like sometimes people are too, are kind of afraid to be like, I want it this exact way, you know, like, I don't know. Well, I mean, yeah, Fincher, like the number one rule when directing actors is to not give line readings, right? But there were several times on Mindhunter when I would watch Fincher say, do it like this, and then say the line how he wanted, and then they'd be like, okay. It's like, well, if David Fincher could do it, like certainly I could do it. I don't know. And is that is that wrong? I mean, I don't I don't know if it's necessarily Maybe it's not great for the actor, but if it gets if it gets you what you need, then it works, you know. I don't know. I feel like some actors do I don't know. But I just feel like yeah, I mean it's not look, the his job, like as a director, your job is to like get you're there, limit like let's be realistic. You're there, limited amount of time, limited amount of resources, limited amount of money. You're there to get what you need to get for the story to make sense. And, okay, yeah, sure. You shouldn't do line readings like <laughs> every single take of every single setup. Right. But if someone's really struggling and you have to kind of emulate the way you want them to say something, like, I don't know. I, I don't think that's yeah. really – I don't think it's wrong. I don't necessarily think it's the best thing to do. But use use it sparingly, maybe. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, but like, I'm sorry, I, noticed... I, kinda, I, I kind of went. I don't know if I answered your question. Yeah, no, you did. Do you be specific? That was the big one. Yeah, big be one. specific. Don't, 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 uh, don't uh, use broad terms or broad words. So probably the the most I've ever learned from like for directing actors has been Eric directing me. Because he's taken a ton of acting classes, he's read all the books. He he like he gets it. When I and so I'll ask him because I really struggle acting in cobblestone. I'm terrible at it. And I don't like doing it. I'm like, tell what am I doing wrong? Like it doesn't feel right. Like just help me. He's like, just read the line, man. Just read the line. <laughs> or or and like that's usually helpful. Or he'll be like, um, he'll say something like soothe the line caress the line like he'll like give me some like very very like calming thing i'm like okay i can i can get that but it's it's like that's helpful but it's hard for me when i'm talking to other actors i feel like it's it's hard for me to like kind of find those words that work to get that meaning across and that's something i'm struggling with but trying trying to learn but there's like but there's prep there's preparation that you can do beforehand like absolutely you know like like you can write down you know all these like uh these i mean adjectives or adverbs or whatever like whatever or verbs itself you know whatever whatever you need to write down to kind of have a have a grasp of like um of that scene or that piece of dialogue um i mean it can get it can get very meticulous like in in that process but it's something that you can like look back to on set and be like, no, I, I remember, like, I want them to play it like this or yeah. say it like that. And I think that's very important to have with you. Um, 
you know, not so. I mean, it goes back. It's just being prepared. It just goes back to being prepared and having those conversations with those actors, planting a good uh, a good foundation uh, within the actors of like who the characters are, what the story is about, how they're, you know, what their emotional arcs are throughout each scene, throughout the whole thing, and then having that as reference, but also your own uh, preparations when it comes to like. Yeah, like having playable actions or the way you right. want them to say a certain thing. Um, I think it's all you know. Combine those things, and I think you have a pretty and and, com- and combine those things with the with uh, having casted the right actors for the right roles, and they're experienced. Uh, not necessarily have to be experienced, but like, but they're aware of like what the character calls for, right. know, how the character fits into the film, the world of the film. And you have all that stuff together, um, and I think you have a good shot of of getting those perform of getting the performances that you want. But then again, like you know, some projects, some performances, like yeah, you know, there's been times I, I didn't even get any direction to any actor. Yeah, you know, just like let them go, let them be, you know, have have them embody what they think the character is, I mean, still have these conversations early on, obviously, but like have them on set kind of take the performance in their direction. Right. Um, and obviously you'll have a few tweaks here and there, but like, that's honestly, it's a great feeling. Like, I mean, it's a great, obviously it's the best feeling for a director. Whenever like you give minimal direction, they understand everything to a T and they just go, you record and boom, they just do it. And you're just like, wow, like amazing. Let's move on. You know, <laughs> yeah. Like that's, I wouldn't view myself as like an experienced director. I mean, not half the stuff I'm talking about probably doesn't make sense or other directors probably disagree with, or I, I don't think I'm not like, I don't know. I've like, you know, I've read a few books here and there, but I've, it's really comes down. I think it's just practice, you know, just doing it a lot. Yeah. Just, just doing it a lot repetition and also like working with different types of actors and understanding their process for sure. Um, and then, and seeing these like similarities between other actors that you work with and seeing, being like, Oh, I kind of understand how you work because I worked with this other person like a while back. And, you know, it's like a more, more, it's more of, it's more of a mental game than it is, uh, than it is like, Oh, you have to use these specific words. Yeah. Cause no, those words aren't going to work with, you know, whatever they are. Right, it's like you have to you have to develop a, a style, a directing style for each person that you're working with, with whether it's an actor or a DP or a production designer. It's like everyone has a different way of communicating. You've got to like figure that out and make it work for the project. It's tough, man. And even between, even even if you're working with multiple actors, they have different types of taken. They take in information. They take direction differently. You know, um, I mean, that's a real. Ch- I mean, obviously, that's like. Thought. I couldn't even imagine directing like an ensemble cast. Like, yeah, I'm not ready for that. <laughs> there's like so many, yeah, like one or two or three or four actors are enough. You know, I try to have the same level of depth, like in my conversations with, uh, you know, uh, leads as I do with supporting characters, you know, cause it's like, you know, if you have a good supporting character, they only bring up, uh, the lead, you know, they only yeah. Put, it all adds to the project for sure. Planning ahead, having those conversations early on, ha- being prepared um, with your scripts, being prepared with your direction, 
directions maybe you know just like having something to to work off of i think is the most is really important um but yeah directing actors can be tough because it's just like everyone's different they're just i don't know i mean that's probably plus they're 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 people they're collaborators they have their own vision for how they want the character you know and you're like you're like no 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 it has to be like this i don't know i don't know it doesn't have to be like does it have to be like anything it's just like Yeah, no, I totally, I totally feel that. Like, it's really, for me at least, it's really easy to say, you know, I want this to be uh, a shot that's on tripod, 24 millimeter, you know, pan left. Like, that's easy. But being like, I need you to feel this emotion and also convey this emotion that is contradictory to what I want you to do. It's like, that's where things get really complicated and it's tough to kind of like, that's a, that's another thing i think being uh telling your actors like what's going on um very important um yeah. i think just for just for their performances like you know where the camera is actually this is something i've learned um i mean i've I, i've done it in the past like don't get me wrong i've done it in the past but something that i've been become more aware of uh ever since working on uh, happiest season as first team PA part of my responsibility was like telling the actors you know what's going on in the scene like where the cameras are being set up um, what the angle is like okay this is an over like the next shot's gonna be an over shoulder on you to onto her so like don't worry about I don't know right. the way your hair looks or whatever I mean, yeah. I don't know. or like where your eyeline is and things like you know so like I think it's I become more uh, aware of like uh of how important it is for actors to know exactly like what the shot is that you're getting because yeah, bringing bringing them into the technical process is ultimately helps for sure. I get that, and they have fun with it too. I mean, don't you know? I feel like there's always this like this hesitation. Be like, you have to separate. There's the actors, their performances, and then there's like the camera and the DP. And it's yeah. like no, it's actually like it's actually bring it bring those two together. Sometimes it's like doing it a dance you know everyone has their part everyone has to you know work with each other i love i love having like uh i mean that's why i love working with uh ralph and dan and um some other dps who are like are really you know who are more hands-on during production absolutely um, with with the actors because you know we all kind of like come together and have a conversation of like what's going on how's it how you know the camera, especially if it's like a, some, something complicated, like a tracking shot or a steady cam mm-hmm. shot, something like that. You know, it's like, or you know, a lot of dolly moves. You have to like time out cues perfectly and things like that. And I think it's, you know, whenever you bring the DP, the actors together, and yourself, and you're there, and you guys all talk about what's going on in the scene, rather than just trying to do it separately, rather than being like, oh, deep, you know, like, okay, you'll be, you'll, you'll dolly in, and then, you know they'll do this at that, you know, just like, why don't you, why don't we all just have the conversation? Like, Yeah. Well, I've even noticed like working at this level that I'm working at, you know, it's like, I need the, the DP's input because I don't necessarily always have a monitor to see what's happening. So like on half bath, for example, there was a, a shot or one scene where, you know, I really relied on Dan to help me direct because He's right there, and wherever we were shooting, I had to be in another room or something. And it's like, I need him to be like, we need her to turn this way at this moment. And like, it just became like a big collaborative effort of we're all doing this thing. We all are working multiple positions, you know, and like, 
that was a really fulfilling day too because we all kind of felt like we were doing this thing together and I really enjoyed that um, and that's something I've tried to bring on to other projects and that like like you know that's kind of what I was saying against the auteur theory is that like I need your help because I am not capable of doing this necessarily all the time you know but but yeah well I've I've kept you for a while man but do you uh is there anything else you wanted to say or anything you wanted to plug? What, what are you working on next? What's coming up? Not much. I mean, we've just been, I've just been kind of waiting for the the film industry to kind of come back and maybe do some more PA, PA work here and there. But in the meantime, I mean, I, I, I you know, I've always been, I've been writing and brainstorming ideas to do like a, a short here and there. So, um, but I'm trying to get some type of paid work. Yeah. Paid work is the best kind. Whether it be a music video or oh well, actually we might be me and Ralph might be shooting a music video coming up soon. Nice. Let me know if you need a PA. I will. I will. I don't know when this. <laughs> uh, I don't know when this podcast is coming out, but um, we'll be shooting a music video. I mean, it seems like a little more of a run and gun type of thing, which is always fun. Yeah, Just definitely. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's it. You know, it's like it's it, what I love about filmmaking is that there's always projects where you spent months or sometimes even years preparing for something and then there's these projects that are just spur of the moment you know you hop in the car get a camera and try to come up with something creative on the spot mm-hmm. and i think it's always it's always it's important to always do both you know i think it's a you know because it, it just kind of you kind of uh uh you're practicing uh you know instant creativity inspiration but then also uh, being very prepared and some with something a little bit uh, higher concept or something that's a little bit more or a personal project. Yeah, even when you're heavily prepared for something, you're always going to have to do some improvisation. Like there's always going to be something that comes up that you weren't prepared for that you got to think on the fly for. So that's that's definitely something to work at. Um, but yeah, thanks so much for doing this, man. It was really nice talking to you. I really appreciate it. Overall, did you think that this went well? I'm sorry. This was like my first podcast. So I was like, kind of like, I'm sorry if I sounded like, I don't know, wasn't making sense. No, you're good, dude. And, and like I said, don't worry about it. No one, no one listens to this, but no, you, <laughs> <laughs> you did, you did great. And, uh, yeah, like, yeah, I'm just going to, I try to cut down all the boring stuff. So Anything that's not interesting just won't make the cut. So yeah, it was really good to catch up and let me know whatever you're working on. And Yeah, we'll have to get you. So we're really struggling to finish Cobblestone 6. It's just hard to get people together right now. Um, but we're hoping, like the plan, and I don't know if this is going to happen. The plan is to, I want to like release Cobblestone 7 by Halloween. So if we can shoot in like august or you know september or something that would be awesome i want to get you in on that and as much as you can or as much as you want to Um, yeah definitely that'll be sick like i love working with you guys you guys are is cobblestone six uh is is what we shot in that that's six gonna be yep yeah yeah so that was like we we have literally one more scene to shoot but we need helbling to like finish it and he's being very difficult to to get a hold of or to you know schedule a time with. make sure to put this in the podcast help yeah. <laughs> step it up he definitely won't be listening but yeah get your shit together help come on man <laughs> all right dude well i really appreciate it i'll talk to you later i'll talk to you later man all right have a good one see ya